Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Blue Jays baseball today, this Friday, October 20th. It is Gregor Chisholm who joins us as always, our Blue Jays reporter for MLB.com. Gregor, we appreciate the time. What we're going to do today is uh, a little exercise I enjoy at the end of uh, every season. That's to kind of look back and to see how much a rotation changes between opening day and the end of the regular season, because it seems like, you know, nowadays you can't just ride into a season with five guys and expect to be healthy the whole way through. That just does not work uh, the way that baseball is nowadays. You need eight, nine arms to get you through. So with that in mind, kind of take us through the long and winding road of the uh, 162-game schedule and uh, just how much this this, uh, Blue Jays rotation changed uh, between those two points uh, and just, you know, again, show us an overview of uh, the twists and turns that this rotation made. Yeah, I mean, that's where the, the Blue Jays season was was pretty interesting in, in regards to, like, going into the start of the season, going into spring training, there was talk that this rotation was going to be one of the best rotations that the Blue Jays ever had in, in franchise history. And the expectation was that it was supposed to be one of the best rotations in all of baseball uh, this year, and it, it just didn't end up working out that way. And, and one of the reasons certainly was injuries. Uh, Jay Happ missing some time. Um, and then there were there were guys who just didn't perform the way that was expected. I mean, Francisco Lariano was real, was in my mind a real dark horse candidate going into this year, going into a walk year, and just before free agency, I thought he was going to be in line for a big season, and he never really got on track before eventually getting dealt to the Astros. And 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 then the the big issue for Toronto was that they you know outside of the starting five they didn't have enough enough depth. You know, we've heard a lot of talk about uh, the minor leagues, and there are prospects on the way but they weren't ready this year uh they might be ready next year uh but they certainly weren't ready quite in 2017 and uh the jays just didn't have enough guys kind of to backfill to fill in when uh guys like jay hap went down um you know joe biagini was really the only guy that they were able to turn to but uh toronto kind of put him in a bit of a tight spot there as well i mean he started off uh, getting stretched out in spring training, but then going to the bullpen and then t- starting to get stretched out again midway through the year. And then he went back to the bullpen and then back to the rotation. I mean, that's a really tough ask for a guy who had never been a starting pitcher in the big leagues before. And uh, at, for a long time, he was really the only backup that they had. So, uh, you know, they tried to go through a rotating cast of characters, um, you know, to, to kind of get by with, you know, with minor league veterans, like a guy like Casey Lawrence, but uh, there just wasn't enough depth. And when they lost some of their top, guys to injury that that's where they really ran into trouble in 2017 yeah agreed and uh you brought up jay happ you know a 20 game winner in uh 2016 i don't think anybody expected him to duplicate that in 2017 but the health issues cropped up and it was just a, a tough year even though the the final numbers weren't all that bad but again from 20 wins to 10 uh part of that uh the health issues and then marco estrada a guy that you referenced as someone that uh, did not perform up to expectations he had a a mid three ERA in 2016 that was uh, just under five in 2017 so 
these things happen, as uh, we've seen in uh, you know countless times over the years, and it happened to the Blue Jays uh, in 2017. But Gregor, uh, one guy that I think we can all agree was the undisputed, uh, you know, leader and ace of the staff is uh, Marcus Stroman, a guy that for the second straight year, uh, 30 plus starts and 200 plus innings, uh, he significantly lowered his ERA, which was 437 in 2016 to 309 uh, this past year. He won 13 games, and I think we're seeing the emergence of a guy that you know, with continued health and improvement, uh, could rank among the elite pitchers in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, this this really was his breakout year. I mean, there, he's pitched big games before 2017, uh, but this was really the season that he started to pitch like a front-line uh, starting pitcher. And uh, you know, he really, you know, going into this year, uh, you kind of looked at, at Aaron Sanchez being the ace of this staff and the blister issues. Uh, limited him to only a handful of starts, and that really kind of paved the way for for Stroman to kind of step in and take the reins of that number one starter role. And uh, you know, really a breakthrough season uh, for him in every aspect. I mean, the ERA went down. Uh, you know, back to back seasons now pitching at least 200 innings. Uh, he was really the one guy that the Blue Jays could rely on every five days from the start of April until the end of September. Uh, you knew what you were going to get out of him, uh, and really kind of became. Uh, not quite the stopper that, that, you know, like a guy like Roy Halladay or someone used to be for the Blue Jays back in the day, but he, he came pretty close to that. I mean, uh, you know, I think he has to be really happy with the way his season went uh, and now kind of looks forward to, to now being looked upon as being that frontline guy. And I, th- I think this season was really important for him as well because, you know, a lot of people forget that in 2016 he went through quite a few, uh, you know, a large number of ups and downs. I mean, there was even a time last year where, uh, some fans and, and some critics were, uh, you know, thinking that he should be optioned to the minor leagues because he was really struggling midway through the year. He eventually did pitch his way through that and, and finished the year relatively strong, uh, but certainly not the, like the way he pitched in 2017. I mean, 2017 for him was was pretty close to, to as flawless as you could expect for someone like him going into the season, and he really kind of established himself as as that guy. And, and now the Jays. Uh, you know, hope to pair him with a guy like Aaron Sanchez uh, in, in the future to give them, uh, you know, kind of those those frontline guys along with, you know, Jay Happ and, and, and obviously Marco Estrada as well. The makings of the rotation is still there, and, and, and Stroman certainly will, will be a catalyst for what the Jays are doing moving forward. Yeah, no question. A breakthrough season for Marco Stroman in 2017, and you just brought up Marco Estrada as, uh, you know, if Stroman improved, and he certainly did. Estrada, unfortunately, went the other direction. Uh, Again, as I said, in 2016, a 3.48 ERA. That jumped to just under five in 2017. His strikeout rate remained pretty much the same, and uh, except for the earned runs, obviously, a lot of the numbers were similar. So what was the difference for Estrada in 2017 to see that significant spike in ERA and to not retain the success he had one year ago? Yeah, you know, it was it was really an odd season for Estrada because, you know, he started off the year, the first two months of the season, he was one of the best pitchers in the American League. I mean, he was he kind of almost initially before Stroman really kind of gained a lot of the attention. It was it was Estrada who kind of took over, uh, you know, the the reins as being that early season number one starter. Uh, when Sanchez went down and, and he looked as good as ever throughout April and May and then 
really what happened there was that you know the month of of june and most of july as well was was just an absolute disaster for him i mean the command was off he wasn't getting nearly as much uh swing and miss uh with his change up and you know he he alluded to at the end of the season that he was going through some some personal issues during those two months that that he felt was kind of the main reason for some of his struggles during that time and you know after the trade deadline he did bounce back a little bit and i think you know there was there was so much trade talk about him uh you know late in july and it, it simply was a fact that I, I don't think there was enough teams out there that uh, that really wanted him. I mean, he was pitching that badly, but I think that the constant trade rumors did impact him as well. And, you know, after that trade deadline came and went, he was able to settle back in again and, uh, in, in August and, and, and finished the season relatively strong. He looked a lot more like the guy that we're used to seeing. Uh, so, you know, he's a guy who should be a candidate for, for a bounce back season. And, and the way he, uh, you know, finished the year was, was enough for the Blue Jays to give him a one-year extension next year. Estrada made it pretty clear that he didn't want to go anywhere else. And the Blue Jays had a hole in their rotation. And it was a vote of confidence by the organization that they were, uh, they were committing to him again next year at $13 million. You know, you look at the numbers and you, you might not uh, think that Estrada's season really justifies that type of contract. But then you look a little bit deeper and you can see those first two months, last two months. And, and to me, uh, the big thing for Estrada and why there was always signs of optimism is this year, you know, unlike previous seasons, he didn't deal with any of the back issues that have been kind of a chronic problem for him throughout his career. And there was no drop in velocity, which I think is, is crucial for him, too. He's not a hard thrower, so any kind of dip in velocity uh, would really kind of impact him even more. Uh, he's a guy that you know, typically pitches in you know the upper upper 80s, really low 90s, and if he were to drop a, a few miles per hour, then that would be a major cause for concern. But you know there weren't any signs of that, so I think he can he can rack up those really awful two months uh, this season. There's some some mechanical issues and those personal issues that he was alluding to, and uh, but you know when you look at the entire body of work, there's there's no question that 2017 was a disappointment for Estrada, and he'd be the first one to admit that. Yeah, and I think like you said, if there's a, a candidate for a, a definite bounce-back season in 2018. It is certainly Marco Estrada, uh, the personal issues. We forget the, these guys aren't robots. They're human beings, and sometimes the off-the-field stuff can affect the on-field performance. Hopefully that's behind him, and he bounces back uh, in 2018. Uh, Gregor, in the time we have left, uh, again, Jay Happ, we touched on a few minutes ago. Uh, again, I don't think anybody expected him to duplicate a 20-win season. I mean, if, if Clayton Kershaw can't win 20 games, nobody can in my, in my mind. That's how rare a breed a 20-game winner has become in modern-day uh, baseball. But, uh, again, 10 and 11 this season uh, made seven fewer starts because of the uh, the health issues. What I find interesting, not that strikeout rate is the be-all, end-all, but he significantly improved the strikeout rate from his 20-win season, nearly a K per inning. So I would, I would think that given that, if he maintains that rate, that pace, and with improved health, he could easily be a 15-game winner again, don't you think? Absolutely. And, you know, I think a half second half was, was really what the half, you know, the Blue Jays uh, can look forward to. Uh, in the future. I mean, there was that pretty scary elbow injury that, that turned out to be not that major, but there was a time when, you know, whenever you have uh, soreness in that elbow, you, you, you know, automatically fear the worst and you think Tommy John, and there was a period of time in uh, late April and, and into May where uh, the Blue Jays didn't really know what they were going to be able to, to get from Hap and, and whether or not this was going to be a type of issue that carried over in 2018 as well. And, uh, you know, he he was able to make his return. And, you know, the first few starts back, you kind of have to throw that out because he was still getting stretched out, still working his way back. And 
But once he once he properly got stretched out after returning to the rotation, I mean, he really was as good as the Blue Jays could possibly you know expect. I mean, he was he wasn't quite uh, the the 2016 form that we saw when he won 20 games, but he was still that pitcher that that kind of enjoyed that renaissance when he went to uh, Pittsburgh prior to to joining the Blue Jays. And he's a much different guy than the, the pitcher that that pitched for Toronto back in 2013 and before that. Uh, you know, he's really kind of been the type of guy who's who's kind of come into his prime uh, in his 30s uh, as opposed to, to his 20s. He's a bit of a late bloomer. He's, he's been around the league for a long time now, but uh, he's a much different pitcher. Uh, and uh, some changes to his delivery, I think, impacted that. I think he's got a much better game plan than he did earlier on in his career. And uh, the strikeout numbers are certainly one to watch. And, you know, the, the one thing for him this year is his ground ball rate really kind of went down. And I think that's what he would like to get back to next year, uh, maybe even to sacrifice a few Ks to do that. Because, uh, you know, 2016, when he won 20 games, and he was he was surprisingly getting a large number of double plays. Uh, and that was because he was able to keep the ball on the ground a lot before he was known as a fly ball type pitch. Pitcher. Um, but then he kind of got back to that a little bit this year. There was the, the spike in the K's, but you know, I think next year he'd like to get back to, to forcing the, the opponents to put the, the ball in and, and play a little bit more, get back to those ground ball rates. But, you know, overall, uh, you know, the first half for him would certainly be a disappointment because of the health issues, but he, he has to be very happy with uh, the way he personally uh, finished the year because the second half was, was basically all you could expect from a guy like him. Gregor Chisholm, great stuff as always on this Friday. We appreciate the time, and we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Toronto Blue Jays.